Holy Spirit, I honor you this morning. You are the spirit of truth. You are the life-giving spirit. You are the only one, Lord, that can communicate into our beings of beings, into the deepest of our hearts, where lives get changed and where um, our, our innermost being. And we just want to open that up and submit that to you and allow you to come and speak into our hearts and into our lives. We ask that you guide us through your word and illuminate your word for us. So that we can direct our lives according to your will and your ways. To bring you honor and glory and reveal you to the world. In the mighty name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit and just release yourself on us your truth and your word. Amen. 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 Good. So if you want to follow with me, uh, once again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, uh, but I've got another translation open yet, just for in case we want to look at some things in other translations. Uh, good. Let's get going. Ephesians 2, verse 1. Ach, Philippians. Philippians, Philippians, Philippians. Maybe I should go to Ephesians. Is the Lord saying something? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make, my, um, make me truly happy. By agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. I think when we first read over those first few questions, I think other translations doesn't really state it as questions. Um, I'm just going to read it from Lisa. The um, New English translation says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort provided by love, any fellowship in the Spirit, any um, affection of mercy, complete my joy and be of the same mind. Uh, Paul is here qualifying his audience in these first few verses. He's saying, if you find any encouragement... From your unity in Christ. Uh, the word that's, that they use here for encouragement was very dear to me. Actually, it's another word um, in, in the more uh, traditional translations, uh, which is consolation. And I went to look up that word consolation because I didn't really grasp what it meant <laughs> in, in the Greek. And it actually says paraclesis. Do you know what the, where that comes from? Paraclesis? Remember we used it a few weeks ago to describe the comfort of the Holy Spirit? The comforter will come to you. 
or the strengthener or the advocate, the paraclesis. Now this is the noun that gets derived from what the Holy Spirit does. So what he's saying that if there's anything in you that is brought forth by the Holy Spirit, any encouragement, any, any, any love, all things that are from the Spirit. So he's now qualifying. He says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Now, I want us to sort of put up our hands and say, do we find comfort in our relationship with the Lord? Who finds comfort in his relationship with the Lord? Who finds encouragement in his relationship and his unity and his fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Yes? Okay, what else is there? Whose hearts are tender and compassionate because the Lord works through him. All right. Okay, so now all of us mostly have, all of us mostly <laughs> have put up our hands. So this means he's speaking to you. The rest that is to come is meant for you. It's not for someone else. So we can't clock out now and say, listen, okay, that's not for me. <laughs> We've put up our hands. Said, this is for me. Because I call myself a follower of Jesus. I call myself a Christian. So I will listen to what he now says. And I will do what he says. Then make me truly happy. Then. Then. Because of this. Then make me truly happy. By agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another. And working together with one mind and purpose. One mind and purpose. Now I know that Ryan, like in, in his community group, said it's okay for us to disagree. Ne? And it is. It's okay for us to, to have disagreements about things in life. It's okay for my wife and I to disagree about whether, how to discipline the children or whatever. Okay. But if we have one heart and one mind and one spirit, that means that our end goal is the same. It means that we're moving toward the same goal, that our hearts are the same, that our motivation for what we want to and where we want to end up is the same. And that is what Paul is calling for. Uh, Kevin is not here now, but he explained it very nicely the other day. He says, you know, coming to agreement about the foundations and how you build and all that. When it comes to the color and, and those kind of things, it doesn't matter if you like pink and I like purple and, and whatever. But as long as we agree that we are going to build on the right thing, that we're going to build on Christ, we're going to build on the foundation of. So when he calls us into agreement, and this New Learning Translation says wholeheartedly, um, agreeing wholeheartedly. It doesn't say that, that you know, if, if I say we must use orange juice and, and Philip says we must use Coke, that we must always be in agreement of that. But our hearts must be aligned, that Christ must be honored at the end of the day. All right? 
loving one another and working uh, together with one mind and purpose. Now, I just want to read us two other scriptures with regards to this. The one is just in the next letter, Colossians 3, verse 12. Colossians 3, verse 12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Why? Since God chose you to be a holy people. What have we been chosen for? What have we been... There's another scripture that said in Romans that said you were predestined to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. That was, that's God's original plan with salvation. Not just to bring you into heaven one day with Him. That's like the ultimate manifestation of it. But when God made Adam and Eve, how did He make them? (laughs) Adam and Eve. How did He make them? In His likeness. In His image He formed them. Why? So that when He gave them dominion on earth, that they would have dominion in His likeness and in His image and rule according to His ways. And rule according to let your kingdom come. Now we, have to, now we have to work hard to let the kingdom of God come. Because the image of man was messed up in the beginning. And they let the kingdom of Satan come. Now we have to take the kingdom by force. And it's hard and it's tough. So Jesus says things like, this world will hate you because you love me. It's tough. It's hard. But we've been called to be restored into the image of God. We've been called to be restored into the image of Christ. You've been called or chosen to be the holy people He loves. And therefore, what does that look like? Clothe yourself. Put on. Become. Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one, uh, anyone. Who? Forgive who? Anyone. Not just those that you are trying to regain favor with. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I want to read another scripture, 1 Peter 3. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted. 
and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. This is Peter quoting from the Old Covenant. So if he quotes from the Old Covenant, why do we throw it away? Let's go back to Philippians. Hmm? Divers, uh, 1 Peter 3 verse 8 to about 15 I think. Now we're still on this theme. Paul is now talking. Let's just frame it quickly. What is he talking about? He's talking about Christian life. He's talking about what it looks like to be a Christian. I just want to. I just want to honor the, the the dads here this morning. There's a lot of dads. I think we're few, because when when like on Mother's Day, like the ask mother, what do you want to do on Mother's Day? I want to go to church, and I, and I want all of you to come with me. Like the mothers are like hens that wants to draw everyone to church. Say, Dad, what do you want to do today? Oh, I want to sleep late and have breakfast in bed and then put on the fire and pry. Okay, we'll do that because it's your day. But I want to honor you. I want to honor the dads this morning. Thank you. Thank you for leading your family and your children to God and to righteousness. And thank you for not choosing... It to, take it, to take it easy today. Thank you. We're praying a lot uh, on Wednesday mornings in our prayer meetings. Praying a lot for the fathers of this house. A lot. That fathers would stand up and... As for me, as for me and my house, I have that attitude. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, no matter what. Thank you. Good. So he goes on and he says, so love one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Then he says, don't be selfish. Now, I, I liken, the, once again, the more traditional translations says, do nothing Say it, nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, says the more traditional translations. Like the more the direct translations. Don't be selfish. 
Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest, uh, interest in others too. I'm reminded of Jesus that said, love one another as you love yourself. In fact, he raised the bar a little bit higher for, for the disciples. He actually says, he says, he quotes the Old Testament. He said that, it said, you should love your neighbor as yourself. But then later he makes the new covenant. And he says, by this they will know that you are my disciples, that you love me, and that you love one another as I love you. That's a higher bar than yourself. Because we don't really have a problem if we don't really like ourselves, we'll, we, we don't have to like others. And now, how many of us don't, you know, have a little bit of a problem with ourselves sometimes? I'm not breaking any covenant because I'm loving you that way. I'm, lo- I'm not loving myself, so I'm not loving you. But Jesus comes and he says, no, love one another as I love you. And what does that look like? It looks like this. Do nothing. Don't be selfish. And don't try to impress others. Now, something, when I read through this, something in my heart arose about the whole theme and the whole thing about spiritual uh, ambition and pride. And it's something that I, that I, that I really want us to, to consider in our hearts and ask the Lord to show us if there is spiritual ambition and pride in our hearts. And it's so subtle and it's so easy for us to look on somebody or on another church. Oh, it's makkelijk. I repent that I look on the traditional churches, the Dutch Reformed Church and, and their teachings and what they do and the decisions they make and all that. I repent that regularly, even last week, <laughs> I was in a meeting with, with a lot of those guys. And I thought to myself, just the way they talk to each other is like traditional. The way they conduct a meeting. And I was feeling like, I'm glad I'm not like that. I'm glad I'm real. That I don't have to sound a certain way. But I repent of that. Because that's spiritual pride. This morning, my, my daughter, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I kept their pocket money for a few months, being their bank. <laughs> uh, 
And eventually, like they've been nagging me, Dad, can we please just get our money? And can we, so, but I think it was about six, six months of, of pocket money that I, that I owed them. So I gave them the pocket money, and it's a lot of, knows it, knows it, knows, now they're boasting about how rich they are. <laughs> like, like they go to the kids, they're playing, and then I hear the conversation, yes, you owe a decent dollar. Season. Wow. Yeah. There's no verjaarsdag geld and pocket geld and all that good that they're going to be So now we want to teach them about tithing. And uh, so each one of them this morning are throwing their tithe into the, into the, the thing. Because we're teaching them about being, honoring God that He's the source and thanking Him for the money. And not necessarily thanking me. And I, I was thinking about them tithing. And I was thinking that, you know, the great thing is because they're tithing, I'm getting blessed because I'm the hand that feeds them. <laughs> no. If you live with an open hand, the, Lord, the word says that you will reap what you sow. If you, reap, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. That's the word. That's principle of God. So if I tithe and I live with an open hand, I'm blessing the business that pays me. I'm blessing my dad's business. Because he's the hand that feeds me. It's a knock-on effect. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is, so now my daughter comes to me and says, Papa, Weet papa hoe baie gaan ek vandag tiende gee? Ek sê vir hulle, sê sal my jy moet nou pas op dat jy dit nie doen so dat jy trots voel daar oor nie. She said, oh, okay. So she doesn't tell me how much she's giving. But what I'm trying to say is that it's so easy for us, and we'll come to that, the confirmation of that just now. It's so easy for us to get pride in our hearts because of our spiritual uh, performance. So easy. And then we even start measuring ourselves and looking at others. And saying, oh, but he's doing this, I'm doing that. He's giving so much, I can only give so much. He's spending so much time in prayer, but I'm not spending so much time in prayer. And now our spirituality, our spiritual performance is driven by ambition and pride. And not by our love for God. So he says, do nothing out of spiritual ambition and pride. I cannot get up at five o'clock in the morning and spend time with the Lord and do all the right things so that I can go and tell someone that I'm getting up five o'clock in the morning and spending time with the Lord so that you feel bad about your time with the Lord. That's spiritual pride and ambition. And I'm elevating myself above those who are not doing it. Do nothing. Instead, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Ugh. And now, once again, we go and we say it's easy. Like, it's easy for me to think of Rainy as better than myself, because he is. (laughs) 
But I go onto the building site and I look at those guys and they're making mistakes and all that and the way I go off on them. Because I think I'm better. I think I can do a better job. In fact, I can't. Ek kan nie die pleister ten die meer gooi, dat het nie afval nie. Kant. I can't plaster a wall. But I can tell them when they're wrong. And I'm convicted of that. Literally, when I read through this last night, I was thinking about that. How I treat those who I feel and think are not on my level. See, if we want to show the world who the Lord is, we've got to be like Him. Having the mind of Christ. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. just want to see Let's go to the Amplified. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interest, but also for the interests of others. What is to esteem? What is it? Can anybody like say, just the English word? How do you esteem what to uplift to come underneath and uplift oh I'm convicted <laughs> when I walk out of a place when I do people feel uplifted do they feel esteemed and here's the, the, the conundrum that I see in our lives is that those of us who have a low esteem will find it very hard and difficult to esteem someone else. We will always go on about their problems and their faults and their things like that. On so all we will always like ah near my die oh in in what to call, and if we got if, like <coughs> yeah. If someone is always going on about your mistakes and the things that you're not doing right and all that, pray for them that the Lord will lift them up and esteem them and put His identity in their hearts so that they can get to know who they are in Him. If we do not know who we are in the Lord, we will have a low self-esteem because we will always be looking for someone else to esteem us. And to lift us up. And to make us feel like we're enough. And to make us feel like we're good. But it will never happen. That this is... Jy het... Daai... Oor... Is gemaakt vir een stem. En dit is Godsin. You are made for God's voice. To come... And esteem you. And lift you up. Yo. I'm getting the picture now of 
when God formed Adam. Oh, I don't know if this is correct, but here's the picture I get. God formed Adam from clay with his hands. And then the, the word says God breathed into it. But what I'm seeing in my mind is God coming there to his nostrils and to his face, like right there. And he says, Adam. And his voice and his breath goes into Adam and gives him life. Calling him, giving him identity, giving him his name, giving him, like, you are man, you are, you are anointed, you are, I've called you, I've made you on purpose so that you can rule, so that you can reign, so that you can represent me on earth. Adam. Are our ears open for the Lord to come and just speak into our hearts? And just say, David, yes, my I made you. You are beautiful. It esteems me. It lifts me up. It makes me feel like I'm alive. And I walk, when I walk around with that in me, not being vain, not being just just full of who God says I am, who God made me, who God called me, then it's easy for me to go and say, do you know what? You're beautiful. Do you know what? God has put so much in you to recognize other people's good and to lift it up and to call it out, to call out the gold in people because you see that God has put the gold in you. Where are you God will never give us any direction or order or call us to do anything that He hasn't already put in you to do and created you to do. None of us can say, Nia, I can't esteem others higher than myself. None of us can say, no, it's too difficult for me. Ne? What does it mean when a pastor looks on his wife on his on his watch? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not mine. That's actually we got it at a conference in South Africa. One of the guys did it, and that's not mine. Anyways, don't look out. Yeah, come now. Don't look out for your own self-interest. But take on, ach, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Ach, we must see this. We must see this about him. Lord, please give us the humility of Christ. As we read through this, let this sink into our hearts. Give us the humility of Christ, Lord. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to or to grasp. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. 
Why did he give up? Let's just stand still with that for a second. What did he give up? He did not give up being God. When he walked on earth, he was completely God and completely man. In other words, when he walked on earth, he had every right to be worshipped. He had every right to be the one on whom everyone else had to lavish their love and to lavish their everything. He had every right to be invited to the biggest banquets like in our thinking or having the biggest mansion or the biggest car or the fastest car or whatever he desired he could have. In our human thinking. I'm thinking like material now just to make it real for us. He could, as God, come to earth and do whatever He wanted and whatever He desired. No questions asked. Like if He wanted to move a mountain because he, doesn't, he wants to walk straight and not over the mountain. He could say, mountain, move because I want to go straight and not over you. I don't want to get tired this morning. He could do it. I don't know how to express this any, lo- any further, but we get the picture that he could do anything. He could have his glory as God And every single person being revealed the glory of God would immediately fall at his feet and worship him because they have a revelation of who he is. Easy. There is no one. The biggest sinner, the biggest person with the hardest heart, whatever, if they come into the revelation and the glory of who God is, they fall flat on their face and they worship Him because they are confronted with who they are and who He is. So He could have come in with all His glory, with everything about Him, with the essence of God in the fullness, and He could have come to earth and say, Here I am, and everyone would worship Him. If He was seeking worship. Ne? But he laid that down. Philip, you have to say. Yeah. Um, so while we worship, and that exact that part where they sing holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. And um, the angels, if you listen, that the 24 angels worship like that before you. Elders. In the book, elders in the book of Revelations. And suddenly I was, I, I saw this happening, like before. He became man. He was worshipped. But he had to give that up. Exactly. He had to give up, give up that thing of worship because now he will be able. Mm. And that was... That's that right. Was a, a different word. He humbled himself until that point where people ate. That's right. Yeah. And then again afterwards. In yeah. the state he was worshipped. That's right. Yeah, Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected, a man of great sorrows and grief. The world despised him. John 1. He who created the world, the word of God who became flesh, and the world did not recognize him. Because he took on the position of man. A slave. 
He let that go. Ne? See, Jesus understood something, oh man, I wish we could understand. What it's all about. Not about our, our positions and our glory and who we are and what we get to lead and what we get to... Ne? He took the humble position of a slave. He didn't even come as a king. He didn't even come as a human king or a tribe leader or anything like that. He came into a town, Nazareth, which is said, can anything good come from that place? So the people there were like, looked down and frowned upon. What good can come from that place? Oh, I'm just want to... There are some people even sitting here and thinking, what good can come from my family? You don't know my family history. You don't know, like, man, nothing good can come from this. What good can come from my past? If you are born again into Christ, <laughs> you get His inheritance, His heritage, His past, His, His everything. And everything good can come from that. Because you are in the Lord. I don't know, someone just needed to hear that this morning. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And died a criminal's death on the cross. you know what the Lord did? Coming as God, having the fullness, He said, I will come and I make myself of no effect in my own power and in my own essence and because of who I am. So even, even His title, by which He called Himself many times, the Son of Man or the Son of God, even that didn't buy him any privilege anywhere on earth. And especially not with the religious leaders. He actually showed us the exact opposite. And he taught us the exact opposite. He taught things like when you go into a banquet, don't go sit at the head of the table, but go and sit at the other end. Because just now that is not the place and you go sit there and then they chase you away and then you've got egg on your face. Rather go and sit at the other end of the table and then when they call you, then you know that you have been on it. Don't, don't quarrel among yourselves who is the most important between you. Because unless you become the least of these... Or if you want to lead, you must be the least of these. So he's teaching the exact opposite. He's teaching this. And what are we? We are still in this mindset of I've got to be there. I've got to be elevated. I've got to have that position. I've got to have that. I've got to have that. 
Och, how many people? <laughs> ek sê maar, ek mag dat nou, ek weet nie. I hope I'm not coming across, ek weet nie. My kinders denk ek raas altijd met hulle, al wil ek net, al wil ek net met hulle praat. <laughs> how many of us take pride in being elders and deacons? Because we've attained a position in the church. Not forgetting that that is a function that the Lord has given you and entrusted you with to elevate and lift up and serve His body and serve His people. He chose to humble Himself in obedience to God. He chose to put Himself in the position where He says, I can do nothing apart from God. What I don't see Him doing in me and through me, I do not do. Because I will not choose my life for myself. God chooses my life for me. That's the original sin. Satan coming to Eve and saying, you know what? If you eat this fruit, from that day on you can choose for yourself what is good and bad. You don't need God to choose for you. You can determine yourself what is good and bad. And that is why this world is in such a complete mess at the moment. Not even choosing for themselves anymore how God created them. Complete mess. Because we do not humble ourselves to the Lord. I feel me so quiet. But I'm very passionate about this stuff. And I wish that we could just, I don't know. If we could just become like a few people in this town. That starts living like this. Even among each other and among ourselves. But then also to the world. And yes, this frack me. Like when more is like we're up by sight. Tomorrow I'm there, right there in the thick of it again. Boots in the mud. And it's difficult. I want the Lord to come and work in me. So that He can like, make me like this. And I'm sorry, I'm Akasni Darni. If you want a pastor that's there, I don't know, go to another church. I'm not there. But I'm really, really Asking the Lord to change me. <laughs> to make me like this. I'm, when I preach to you, I preach to myself. Honestly, So don't put me up there as someone that's getting everything right. And ask my wife and my kids. Don't put me there. But walk with me and learn with me and, and strive with me and... and put ourselves in the hand of the Lord together. Please. He chose the lowly position and died a criminal's death on the cross. You. I will do it as long as it's fair. So the Lord calls us to do something. I will do it as long as it's fair. 
I will do it as long as they deserve it. I will do it as long as I don't get, you know, put down or traded on or whatever. So we preach sometimes that you've got to be the least and all that. Then our first reaction is, so you're calling me to be a floorlap? I will be nobody's doormat. Sorry for the Afrikaans. I will not be anybody's doormat. No ways. I'll do anything, but I will not be anybody's doormat. Don't you think Jesus was a doormat? When people ridiculed him and spat him and beat him and pulled out his beard and falsely accused him of being Satan or a devil or being driven by Satan, whatever. Don't you think Jesus was a doormat when he laid down his life having no sin at all? I mean, if there was any act of unrighteousness in the world, this was it. If there was anything unfair in the world, this was it. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Who put up our hands in the beginning? You must have the same attitude Jesus Christ had. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry I don't have your attitude. I'm sorry that I don't love the way you love. I'm sorry that I need to elevate myself all the time because I'm not elevated by you. And here's the wonderful news that we'll just stop with. Therefore, after he humbled himself in obedience, after he gave himself to the Lord. Father, if, if it's possible, let this cup pass by me. But not my will, Lord, your will. He says, after that, after he took the cup, after he decided to humble himself and give himself for us. After that, he said, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. What is the name that he gave him? He restored. Lord. He gave him back glory and lordship. Please go and read John 17, the prayer of Jesus again. says, Father, I'm not praying only for these disciples, but everyone who would believe in you. Say, Father, I've revealed you to them. Now protect them in the name which you have given me. What is the name? The name is Lord. The name is Lord of all, ruler of heaven and earth, the one to whom every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. That, and how are you protected in the name of Jesus? You make Him your Lord. Not yourself. You take the humble position that Jesus took. You take the humble, the mind of Christ, the same attitude that says, if Jesus didn't decide for Himself what is good, how can I? If Jesus didn't decide for Himself where to go each day, 
How can I? Everything he did was on instruction of the Holy Spirit. Every single thing. One day the Holy Spirit called him to a place where he knew that people would ridicule and hate him. They wouldn't even eat from the same cup or the mug that he uses. So much they hate the Jews, the Samaritans. They would normally go around the long way to go from, uh, I think, Galilee to Capernaum or something. Then the scriptures clearly says, the Lord had to go through Samaria. Because Holy Spirit called him to go there and have that meeting with the lady at the well. So I believe every single thing that Jesus did. Well, he said it himself. I do nothing apart from the Father. I do nothing and I speak nothing that I do not first speak, let see him speak or do. And then in John 17 he says, Now in the same way that you are protected in his name, in the same way make them one so that they will be one as we are one. What does it mean to be one with God? It means to walk in step with him. Galatians 5. Walk in step with the Spirit. Not go back to Him once in a while and say, is it not okay? Then He goes, okay, I'll go doing my own thing. Oh, no, sorry, we did something wrong. Let's, where, where do we go now? Walk in step with Him. Every single day. And then He will call us to difficult things. <laughs> he will call us to challenges. He will call us to people who don't like us. He will call us to people who challenge us. He will call us to, to, to places where we will be pruned. He will call us to people and relationships where iron will sharpen iron. But having the same mind and attitude that it's all for Him, it's all for His kingdom, it's all for His glory. Yes, I will do it. Yes, I will go. It's going to be difficult, but I will do it because you are calling me there. Christ has been elevated and given the name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow before him. And every tongue in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And like we read in Revelation, all creatures, the creatures of the sea, the creatures of everything that has breath, says, you are Lord. Oh, that we might be a people that's just submitted to Him as Lord. Just completely surrendered to Him. Like Jesus let go of his privileges as God. Maybe sometimes we need to let go of our privileges as, as fathers. How about today on Father's Day, we decide, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to make it about me. I'm not going to have you carry tea and coffee and things for me and, and all that. But let me make you lunch. 
Ek sal lunch maak vandag. Ja, as my nou vier aan steek. Humble ourselves. Forget about our positions. Let's serve one another. I want to invite each and every one of you. I don't know. I know many of you are like your hearts aren't, aren't yet surrendered or submitted to us. But for those of you who surrender and submit your hearts to us, I want to invite you to any time that you experience myself and Lillian elevating ourselves and expecting treatment because of our position that you call us out on it. Anytime that we do not serve you because of who we think we are, call us out. Because we need to fix that. All right. Let's stand before the Lord. Holy Spirit, what we ask for can only come from you. We thank you for your word that says that we have received all things pertaining to life and godliness, that in you and through you and because of you, we know that when we ask this, we know it can be a reality in our lives. And this morning we ask you, Lord, for Christ-like humility in our hearts. We ask you to align our hearts and to align our minds and to align our motives that it will be like you, that we will live to serve your body and to serve you as Lord in whichever way you desire us to. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask for this special grace and anointing. I ask for every heart, Lord, that is not filled with the knowledge of your love and your pleasure and esteemed by who you say we are. I ask that you esteem each one so that it will be easier for us to esteem others. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.